this retro thing for what it is Nostalgia goggles heavy on those things when we were kids I've got the memories of falling while my hair is turning gray I'm digging back on all the things that were better yesterday So for all those things nostalgic I also do is delight probably still have COVID voice. I just realized I'm putting a stamp right at the start of this episode so that years from now, I can remember that this was the COVID era of me. Yep. You don't sound that bad. (laughs) No, it's good. It's yeah, it's way better than if we had tried it earlier this week, but I was saying to Kim that after we did that, he's just not that into you that it's weird that I then just went like, okay, have a good day. And then went and tested positive for COVID. weird so yep put a little stamp on that we've both had it now yep which means we can run out into the world and lick all the door handles that we want if there's one thing i've missed the last two years it's licking door handles i've been so sick of hearing you complain about it so i really hope that you've been making good on it for the last couple i've been making i've been making the most of my doorknob licking phase yeah, I saw you outside of Michael's just going, what can you even do to me? And then just getting a big old lick. So it's, uh, yeah, um, get vaccinated. I still don't wish that on anyone. Nothing like going up the stairs and then sitting down to go, Whew, I need a few yeah. minutes before I can go back down. Yeah, it wasn't the most, it, it wasn't the most fun I've ever had. No, no, it wasn't even in my like top 100 fun experiences. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, get vaccinated because I assume that that uh, significantly helped both of us yeah. deal with what that was. Uh, 51st Dates, though. 51st Dates. It's the movie that we are here to talk about today because it's still February and it couldn't pass by without at least one of her cinematic outings with Adam Sandler, of which there have been three. Is that it? Feels like there are more. Well, there's this, there's Wedding Singer, and then there's Blended. Is there not another one? Maybe not. I don't know. Unless maybe she has a cameo in one of his movies or something, but... I forgot about The Wedding Singer. Really? Yeah. It's the best one. I haven't seen it in a really long time. It's better than anything we're doing this month. It was originally going to be last week's episode until I swapped it out for He's Just Not That Into You, which... Oh, was a terrible decision. It's so bad of a decision, but I really wanted something I hadn't seen. And someone suggested that movie, and I was like, you know what? Sure. Like, I really want to watch something I haven't watched before, because I hadn't done that in a while for this podcast, so... But surely there were better offerings, like... I've seen a lot of her work. Mm. It turns out. So the only other one I could maybe do was music and lyrics with her and Hugh Grant. That would have still been a better, better choice. Probably, but it did lead to a lot of anger. And sometimes those episodes can be fun. True. Let's find out if today's episode leads to a lot of anger. Uh, Sam. Oh, Sam's here. Sam also is here. I don't think I ever properly introduced you. Everyone probably knows by now, though. When they hear someone talk, they can probably identify who it is. 
I don't know, my husband listened to like the wrong Sam episodes a couple of times and was just really confused by it. So fine. <laughs> you're We're doing you're really a very well. different person when you go on this podcast. <laughs> Who are these children you keep referring to? Um, what's your history with 2005? 2005 or 2004? 2004's 51st Dates. I saw it a few times when it first came out. I may have actually seen it in theaters. I don't remember, but I saw it a few times. I remember enjoying it at the time, but I was also like deep in my my Sean Aston phase at that point. <laughs> what a strange phase. Though, man, what an erotic movie for you if you were into Sean Aston because he's always flexing and kissing his muscles. This must his have been mesh, your dream. His mesh crop tops. And, and tight, tight shorts. This must have been just a dream Sean Aston project for you. You're not denying it, so that's no. a guess. T and me was probably into it, yeah. I definitely saw this in theaters. Uh, I think this is back when I would still have called myself an Adam Sandler fan. I'm just looking up his... All right. It was getting a little touch and go at this point. He was coming off of anger management, which was not good. And eight crazy nights, which was not good. And a cameo as Mambuza bongo guy in the hot chick. So not a great run admittedly, but everything before that, like Mr. Deeds, punch drunk love. I still liked all that stuff. So this was like, I think I was still willing to give him a chance era. Yeah, I think that this was probably like my last. Okay, Adam Sandler's kind of all right, not my favorite, but like I'll watch this because you know there are other people that I'm interested in. But I was never, I, I was never a big Adam Sandler fan. I'm just looking at what came after this. Yeah, this is definitely a turning point <laughs> for the Sandman, um, who I just watched it uncut gems. Oh, you know what? No, because that's getting spoilers. That'll be my thing I'm currently enjoying, probably. So, whoops. You didn't hear that. Uh, where to even start? I guess plot summary? Well, first off, actually, on the subject of Adam Sandler, how did you feel about this movie presenting him as the ultimate fuck machine? Oh, my God. That was, like, <laughs> one of the only notes that I had on this movie is there is no way that these people are going on vacation and seeing Adam Sandler as, like, the prime specimen of like no strings attached vacation sex. There's yeah. not a chance in hell. It's real weird too, because the movie later on goes to bigger lengths to say he's not good in bed. <laughs> like not good in bed, egghead, like not a very attractive guy. Like, you know, so I truly, I do not get it. Yeah. It's weird. Cause it seems like a Adam Sandler vanity project at first. Cause it's, just a montage of incredibly beautiful women saying, oh, I had the this amazing vacation sex with the most amazing guy. And you're like, I thought I put on an Adam Sandler movie. What the hell is going on? And I should note one dude, Kevin James, is in there to pop in and say also that he and Adam Sandler Henry apparently Roth. had a torrid affair with Henry Roth. And then it cuts to Adam Sandler. And you're like, I don't know if 2004 Adam Sandler is. Not a chance in hell. It, I don't even care. Like 2004, Adam Sandler, 1990, Adam Sandler. Like it doesn't matter when. He's still Adam Sandler. There is not a chance. It is kind of an Adam Sandler thing, though, that in all of his movies, he is married to or about to be with 
just some of the most amazing looking people on the face of the earth. Like who's he, he's been with Drew Barrymore like three times. He's been with Kate Beckinsale, Selma Hayek. Um, shoot. I had another good example. Now it's gone. There's a lot. Yeah. So I think it's just goes hand in hand with an Adam Sandler movie that you're going to look at the person who's with him and go, ah, like he's definitely not. punching up. Yeah. Uh, although I think I said it in one of the other Drew Barrymore episodes, she is very good at selling the believability that a hundred percent that character would be falling in love with Adam Sandler. There's that. Yeah. Like the, the chemistry there is good. Yeah. The two of them are very good together. So you believe it. There is a reason why that pairing kept showing back up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, hit us with that plot summary, Sam, because this movie's got a gimmick. So yeah, Adam Sandler is, you know, fucking around. He's, he's a big, they're on Hawaii. They're in Hawaii on Oahu. I think this is also the start of the Adam Sandler uses his movies as an excuse to go to cool places era of Adam Sandler movies. Yeah. So they, uh, yeah, he, he's having his vacation sex. He doesn't want to have, you know, no strings attached, like doesn't want a commitment and then his and he he's going to Alaska and to study walruses or something, um, which is part of why he doesn't want the commitment. And he's fixing his boat up and then his boat breaks down and he has to take his shitty little life raft and he gets stranded at this restaurant waiting for the Coast Guard. And he sees Drew Barrymore and, you know, instantly falls in love, basically, and then goes back the next day. They hit it off. They, they have breakfast together. They decide that they're going to have a second date. He goes back the next morning and she has no idea who he is. So yeah. that's kind of the gimmick, right? 51st dates. Uh, she has a traumatic brain injury that makes it so that she can't form new memories. And so doesn't remember the fact that, you know, they've met each other dozens and dozens of times. And Adam Sandler just keeps trying to kind of win her over daily. Yeah. That's the gist. Yeah. No, good summary. Yeah, it, it resets every time she falls asleep, which the one question I had, well, I mean, obviously a lot of questions because apparently this condition is not real, which I did. I did have to look up because I'm not a doctor, Sam. So I didn't want to make that claim. But I'm wondering if hypothetically she went like the Nightmare on Elm Street route where she just pounds soda for seven days so she doesn't fall asleep. Could she get to live out a week or would her body eventually just shut down in some way? I'm asking you because you are a doctor. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. Definitely a doctor. Um, So anything mentioned on this podcast can be taken as, you know, definite medical advice. I've said that from day one, for sure. I feel like, yeah, if she, if she went the Nancy route, like she could probably get like a few days in because I think there is something. And I mean, again, all very scientific in my my doctor shit. Um, I think that there is something That's where the your medical memories, term too, <laughs> where your memories convert during like REM sleep. I think is like part of why it's important for your body because there's something that like flips anyways but that's my my very vague very scientific understanding so maybe she could get a couple days in i'm sure they have tried to explore that at some point based on where the movie ends up but yeah so where to go from there they so she's got sean Aston, who's her brother and then there's her dad 
who are essentially stuck in what can only be described as pure hell, where I don't see how they can ever be sleeping because what they're essentially trying to do is make sure that she doesn't, I don't know, it's kind of weird because the premise they give us is that they want to make sure she experiences the same day pretty much verbatim every time so that it doesn't make things worse, I think is the reasoning. Yeah, because I think like, you know, had she had her accident, like just on some random day, it wouldn't be so bad. But she had her accident like on a Sunday that happened to be your father's birthday. So like, you know, there were gifts and she, she remembers everything up to the day of the accident. So she remembers that, you know, it's her father's birthday and it's a Sunday. So she always goes for waffles at this restaurant on a Sunday. And, you know, so she's got to bake the cake. She's got her gift and like... So it's an added complexity, but yeah, so they're, they're basically trying to like groundhog day her. Yeah. So, okay. What, what their day is so insane. They get a little bit of a break when she goes to get the waffles, but not really. Cause part of it is she has a blank wall in his shed. Yeah. That she paints, but then every night they have to paint back over it. They have to watch the sixth sense every day. God damn Fucking Bruce Willis in everything. He's everywhere, Sean. We cannot escape. But this is, you know, at least it's that Bruce Willis. So you can be like, ah, talent. He's still everywhere, though. It's unbelievable. Hey, it could be worse. They have to watch it every day. (laughs) At least you can go weeks at a time without having to see him. So, yeah, because that's her gift is the sixth sense. And she's like, let's watch it right now. Uh, they have to pretend watch the same like Vikings game every day. He has a bunch of newspapers printed up of that day, which is really good foresight on his part. I don't know how he pulled that off so quickly, but especially because she was in the hospital, they said for three months. Yeah. So he knew apparently she was going to come out like, or I don't know. I don't know how newspapers work. Maybe there's a way to go back, but yeah, they are trying to keep it the same every single day. And although they also say later that she, has bad days where something something throws like, her off yeah yeah like the the cop gave her a ticket because her license plate was expired because you know she thinks it's october and it's actually may of the following year yeah they should have had a 10 minute subplot devoted to them trying to convince her to get her sticker renewed even though she's like i don't need to yet it's like yeah but you know like you know good 10 to 15 minutes about you're like well maybe uh, like with all the talk- care that they put into that, they could have maybe, you know, could have maybe taken the time to renew her license plate sticker for her. Yeah, I will say, and that's just something I kind of remembered from previous viewings, is they treat her condition very seriously for what is in all, for the most part, a standard goofy Adam Sandler movie. Like, yeah. she's never, like... <sighs> I guess, no, I can say that. I was going to say she's never the punchline. Like, there are jokes devoted to, you know, the idea that she can't remember, but usually she's making them. Yeah, either she's making them or it's more a joke about how, like, you know, she can't remember Adam Sandler and, like, he's sorry that he's, he says, I'm, I'm sorry I'm not better looking or, you know, how they haven't, like, done anything, like, sexually or whatever. Like, yeah, it, it's it's never the the butt of the jokes. It's never like played for laughs that she has this condition. I mean, the accident itself is so silly, but yeah, 
Yeah, they're going to get a pineapple. And then what is it that he swerves to avoid? He hits a cow. He swerves. He hits a cow. And then like, yeah, there's that whole montage where like the pineapple, like just like slow bounces and rolls. Yeah, that was a bit much. But there's another version of this movie where it's much more mean spirited. But they, they, they actually like when she finds out she has like a complete mental collapse on a dock and is just screaming into the air. And it's like, Jesus Christ, like, I, I guess well done, Adam Sandler comedy from 2004, because I feel like there was probably some temptation to be like, you know, what would be funny, though, if like she woke up in the morning and this was happening? I don't know. I was expecting it to be worse because like, yeah, I haven't seen this since I was a teenager. And yeah, like Adam Sandler movies generally are like, they're a little crude. They're a little, you know, they're they're not exactly like highbrow comedy. So I was expecting it to have aged worse than it did. So I was kind of pleasantly surprised that, yeah, it's, it's still a very silly movie. There's like, you know, a lot of laughs to be had. And like Rob Schneider's character is appalling. Renowned piece of shit <laughs> Rob Schneider is in this movie. Um, this is going to be a very pro-vaccination episode, I guess. Because, yeah, Rob Schneider says a lot of dumb things on the internet. I wasn't even aware Oh, don't look him up. But uh, yeah, not that in 2004, his presence was that welcome, though. I'm, no, ashamed, exactly. I'm ashamed to admit he got a bit of a mean spirited chuckle out of me because his whole arc is just that he doesn't like his wife. His wife had kids and then now he doesn't like to look at her. And there's a line near the end of the movie where, you know, because, again, we're going to spoil everything. So get ready. Drew and Adam Sandler are getting married. And he's like, are you sure you want to do this? Because, like, one day your wife did this. And he's like, then the sex just becomes nauseating. And I hate to admit that got a reflexive chuckle out of me the way he said nauseating. I was like, oh, I don't feel great about myself. And then, yeah, his pants like his wife in the, the not the audience, in, the, the atten- crowd attendees of the wedding. Yeah. And she yeah. just gives him the finger. Yeah, the Rob Schneider. I mean, we have our standard array of silly Adam Sandler supporting characters. Rob Schneider is his best friend. He gets bitten by a shark and he doesn't like his wife. Those are basically the two jokes we're going to get a lot of from Rob Schneider. And he's got like a shitload of kids that are just good at everything. Yeah. Um, Sean Astin is the brother of Drew Barrymore and he has a lisp and he does steroids and is just always talking about how... Uh, I'll just acknowledge, I had to take a quick quick break there. Uh, what was I saying? Sean Aston character and how you're yes. ridiculously attracted to him. As a teenager, yeah, I had a, a weird... Not anymore? I, I don't know that I'm super into Sean Aston at the moment, no. Mm, that's too bad. He does have another moment that I, another super stupid moment that I quite liked where there's a running joke about spam and Reese peanut butter cups. Basically, a guy at the restaurant Drew Barrymore eats at always calls Adam Sandler Reese peanut butter cups because that's what he had for breakfast that day. And they make a bunch of spam at that restaurant. And there's a part where Adam Sandler is about to go on his boat trip. And Sean Astin hands him like, oh, this is a gift from the restaurant. It's a bunch of spam and Reese's. And then as soon as he opens the box, it's easy. He's like, I love spam and Reese's. Can I have that? He's like, I guess so. And then Sean Astin takes the box and leaves. I that made me laugh. I, I had a good chuckle too, like, you know, when they go to see the doctor and it's this very serious scene and then 
Sean Astin is asking about his friend who's having wet dreams because of his steroids. And then, you know, they meet 10 second Tom who only has a memory for 10 seconds. So Adam Sandler whispers in his ear that Sean Astin, you know, is having wet dreams. And I, I had a good chuckle at that. Are you a little old to still be having wet dreams? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't mind his character again. That's kind of his, like he has his one, he has a lisp and he talks about his muscles a lot, but I don't know. I got some good chuckles out of that. The yeah. dad is mostly played straight because, you know, his daughter is in a horrible predicament. Yeah. Though, again, it's, you know, as much as I don't want to lead to the, much of this episode being, here's another funny part. That was another actually pretty good laugh because there's this whole thing where Drew Barrymore's character, any day that she meets Adam Sandler, they find her singing, wouldn't it be nice by the Beach Boys? And at the end of the movie, when he sets off on the trip, the dad gives him a Beach Boys CD and his immediate reaction is like, the fuck would you give me a CD? And it reminds me of the saddest thing that's ever happening. And it slam cuts to Adam Sandler cry screaming the lyrics to Wouldn't It Be Nice? Just being like, you're such an asshole. Why would you do this? Exactly. That that got a good laugh out of me. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's just he's like, oh, like how kind of him to give me this cd what an asshole and then it just cuts to him like the slam cut to screaming. the scream crying was fantastic kudos editor of 51st dates uh i guess we have to talk about and this is how the movie is essentially introduced as much as we said oh it treats it all very seriously it is important to note that the one of the first things that happens is a walrus vomits all over a character whose sole thing is we don't know if it's supposed to be a guy or a girl yeah i think it's supposed to be a guy like they kind of because i think i think so right i thought she was a woman i thought it (laughs) so clearly the ambiguity worked yeah So that stuff's a little weird. Of everything in the movie, that's probably the most like... Hmm. It did not age great. No, yeah. that didn't age great. Again, they aren't as mean to that character as I was expecting, but it's still a lot of like, what is that? Yeah, it's kind of like, it, you know, they flip-flop back and forth on whether this character is supposed to be male or female, and it's just like, yeah. It's not, like you say, it's not as mean-spirited as it could have been, and it's not, you know, like, they're making fun of them for being, like, androgynous, but it's just, it's, like, kind of this, yeah, what are they sort of yeah, thing. It's there's, a little awkward. And there's definitely some jokes that, oh, it's gross, because what's the character's name? Alexa. Yeah, because Alexa is horny, and like, oh, that's gross. I don't want to think about Alexa. Like, there's some of that, for sure, yeah. but... Yeah, other than like, other than that, there's not too again a movie about someone with brain trauma and all like I expected it to be a lot more. Oh God! Yeah, I I mean I remembered like you know Rob Schneider is playing like a Hawaiian man, so like that part again like didn't age well. But like I feel like pretty much everything Rob Schneider has touched has turned to shit over the ages, so it's fine. Well, when you say over the ages, did you mean to say immediately as soon as he? Well, got I mean, like, it? yeah, like ba- basically immediately, like, and again, like, I remember liking some of his stuff when I was like a teenager, but also like realistically, how, like, how much was I looking into that kind of thing then? Right, like, I remember the hot chick being fun, but like, 
I have a feeling that that would not age well at all. I remember liking Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. So also, yeah, yeah. Like, and so there, I, was, there, there was a period where his movies were like tolerable, fun, but I don't think any of them would have aged well. No, and for anyone thinking we should find out, I don't want to. No, so, no, I'm good. Like, Thanks. I, I don't. I don't want to do Rob Schneptember or anything Hard like no. that. Hard so. no. Because what do you do? No, no. It would I was just be to... you alone because no one else is watching those movies with you. Yeah. The first time I never, I wasn't able to successfully get anybody. It's just me going, what is this? This is done. We're done. That's how the podcast ends. I mean, like, I know that Batman Forever was a hard sell, but like, I'm not. Yeah, no. No, just no. Uh, What else? He's got his little penguin friend. He's kind of cute. Oh, yeah, he does have a little penguin friend. Yeah, he's a animal He's Doctor? a vet. Yeah, he's a vet. I think that's the word you're looking for. Yeah, vet. <laughs> Thank you. There is a shorter way of saying animal doctor. If you want to be, I guess that's your, you know, your medicine background coming into play. Okay, back. Okay. Vet. Yeah, so he's a vet that works at this, I guess, like aquarium slash animal rehabilitation center thing it's um, mostly an excuse to have a bunch of cool animals do fun things like he's got a walrus buddy yeah and he's got Jaco. a penguin buddy is that his name i think so which also this lets them make a lot of jokes about walrus having a walrus is having big penises yeah yeah um and that's, that's why he's going to alaska because he's going to study the underwater behaviors of walruses or something yeah and then he meets drew barrymore and he has to get drew barrymore to fall in love with him every single day and he starts by making a little videotape montage which holy shit like even just the time investment (laughs) in that i've done enough video editing to know that the first video she watches isn't something he cobbled together in 10 minutes it's got news footage and like snappy little text editing and built-in jokes on vhs i might add so like that would have taken some time yeah he was probably just hooking two vcrs up together and doing it like that this is 2004 so although again i'm trying to think having taken broadcasting in the following year is that how i was editing things i don't remember i feel like dvds were a thing by then Oh, they definitely were. Actually, fun fact I wanted to bust out about this movie that I didn't realize, but it seems like I should. Uh, Oh, crap. I lost the page. Um, According to IMDb, this was among the first films in history to be released on the Blu-ray format on June 20th, 2006. Along with, and here's a very wide assortment of films, along with The Terminator, Underworld Evolution, Hitch, House of Flying Daggers, The Fifth Element, and Triple X. There you go. The first group of movies that someone looked at and went, these are the ones that are going to make people move on to the next generation of technology. I do vaguely remember Sony picking like 
a few of like their successful Sony picture movies. Yeah, when we first bought the PlayStation 3, it came with Spider-Man 3. And then there was a thing that was, hey, send in this thing and we'll send you five Blu-rays that you can pick from this list. And I feel like this was on there. I didn't pick it. I know I picked Stir of Echoes and I don't remember what else. I definitely didn't pick Echoes. I definitely didn't pick Underworld Evolution either. So uh so there you go. A little hot 51st States Blu-ray trivia to pass along. Oh, how do we talk about the relationship stuff? I guess we just dive into it. I mean, number one, like the movie opens with Adam Sandler being like this total, you know fuck boy who doesn't want any commitments and then like it has it almost adds absolutely nothing to the movie because he like pretty much immediately like commits to like i am in love with drew barrymore and will do anything to get her to love me every single day even though she doesn't know who i am it does move very quickly (laughs) yeah it's a very strange i mean it's kind of like groundhog day in that they do a lot of montages so the, the relationship is obviously building off camera a lot, but he is very quick to go from lifelong bachelor to not only am I ready to be in a relationship, but I am ready to be in a relationship that's re- going to require so much extra effort. Like no one can be sleeping. He spends the entire day with her and then spends the evening updating her daily video that she needs to watch in the morning. It's a lot. It's a lot. Her, and they do address a lot of the questions. Okay, no. They pose a lot of the same questions one would have, but then just decide to skip past all of them, where she asks him, what if, like, how is having kids going to work? I'm just going to wake up every morning pregnant and not know what happened. So instead, just at the end of the movie, they have a four-year-old. Yeah, exactly. Like, ew. yeah, it, it answers nothing. But I appreciate that they realize that it's a question worth asking, I guess. Yeah. Honestly, it's probably better this way. And I, I all the credit in the world that they don't do like, oh, she is angry at Adam Sandler and is driving away and gets in another car accident that undid the condition. Yeah. Like, or just not even that far, just having her wake up one morning and being like, Oh, it's like what we had for dinner last. <gasps> I remember credits. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's some progression, right? Because, like, they break up and then she moves into, like, the center for brain injury people or whatever. And she, like, clearly remembers, like, something about Adam Sandler, like, through her dreams. But, like, and there's just, you know, she's an artist. So there's all these, like, paintings of Adam Sandler. But she doesn't know who he is until he comes and then they kiss and then that's kind of where things sort of wrap up and there's a yeah. thing where it's just like an egg wearing a hawaiian shirt that was pretty good <laughs> and it also was a it made me kind of happy to realize that the art department had to sit and paint dozens and dozens of pictures of adam sandler in like completely different styles too which completely different like there's picasso-esque style and yeah like the, the egg one like there's interpretive adam sandler drawings Super so that made me kind of happy. Portraits, yeah. It, it there was, was just like one person in a room somewhere being like, "How are those Adam Sandler pictures coming? This won't fill up an art room. I need seventeen more Sandlers by morning." 
Yeah, there there is progression in that she has dreams about him, but there's never a cure-all fix, no. which is nice. And I'm sure it must have been tempting to do. Yeah, and like, I mean, like their emotional connection too. like she doesn't necessarily like consciously remember him, but it does seem like she's remembering that like there is a connection there a little bit more. Like she seems to like come around like as it goes on, you know, she watches her her video and like, you know, she doesn't spend an hour screaming into the void every single day she seems to like kind of get with it a little more quickly each day so it it's interesting to see like there's a progression but like you said like there's never like a cure-all moment and it, it also stops it from feeling like super icky because like it could have been icky like it really could have been icky they handled the sleeping together stuff i thought pretty well because yeah. yes it could have been icky if it's like, here's this dude you just met, and he's really pressuring you to get down with him. Which is what they, you would almost expect from an Adam Sandler movie, but they never go there. Like, it takes them probably, like, months before they even share, like, their first kiss. Like, Well, he says, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, before they share their first kiss, yes. And I think he says, like, we've had 20-something first kisses at this yeah. point. And so at that point, she's like, yeah let's do it. that's like like she makes the decision yeah to be like yeah all right fine i'm ready yeah well he kind of he makes the there's a whole bit where he makes the walrus say like yes she should but then she's like oh that's exactly what i wanted let's do it exactly yeah so so no, it, yes it's, it's never gross like it's it's you know it all feels very consensual and mutual and it's like almost sweet in a way like that you know adam sandler's willing to do all of this for a woman who doesn't remember who he is and it is it's it's nice like they do a better job than i thought of balancing here's a walrus puking on a character but also like we're gonna handle the central relationship like there's a part where adam sandler just sings her a song for like two and a half minutes yep with like naughty and like yeah the the chemistry between them, as we said, is very good. So it makes it easy to root for. And like, yeah. there's this bit where, you know, because in the third act, things got to go wrong and they got to break up. But it's because she hears him talk about his plans. So they don't actually fight really or anything. She just kind of says, this isn't fair to you. I keep a journal about what, that you're in. I'm going to erase you out of it. And he even helps her do it. So there isn't even really a third act like, how could you? Let's fight. Like they kind of come to a mutual understanding and try to move on. They just can't. Exactly. Yeah. Like he's very like Adam Sandler's clearly like broken up about it. And he's, but he's still supportive and he's still helping her. And he like tries to move on. It doesn't really pan out. And like, you know, he sees her, but she doesn't know who he is. And sad. Yeah. It kind of is. Although there's a pretty good bit there, too, where she has written about their first sexual encounter that it didn't last very long, but it was incredible. And he's like, yeah, you know what? That's fine. Yeah, that one can go. You can just take that right out of there. Um, and I told you off. I mean, I told you what the moment was, but there was a moment that worked well enough for me that I did a brief rewind. There's a montage in the middle of all uh, all the different ways he gets to, to meet her in the morning because going up to her at the restaurant doesn't always work. Sometimes she tells him half off. So oh, her father, her father told him, like, stay away from the restaurant. Oh, that's right. Stay away like, from the restaurant. Loophole. So he has to get creative. So one of them is he pretends to be kidnapped. Oh, no, he pretends to be mugged by the Rob Schneider character. 
so that she'll come out and intervene. But she intervenes by basically beating him within an inch of his life with an aluminum bat, which leads, leads to two good moments. I mean, one is just funny to see Rob Schneider being beaten with a bat where the sound effects are really like clink, clink. So, you know, it's hurting Rob Schneider, which is extra nice. But after she chases him off and is still hitting him, Adam Sandler's like, I think it's fine. And she just calmly yells, no, it's not good enough. And then keeps hitting him with a baseball bat. And then when he finally flees off, she just screams, I'm not going to be able to do it. But like a very, very angry, keep running. And then immediately switches gears back into like bubbly Drew Barrymore. Like, yeah, are you okay? I'm part of the community watch. Like, yeah. Yeah. Drew Barrymore is bringing it in this role. Yeah, she was good. She, she handles the dramatic stuff well. She handles the comedic stuff well. She handles the fact that she's falling for Adam Sandler well. Like it, it, it she is she is giving a performance. Yeah, no, it, it's yeah, she does a, a really good job. And yeah, there are some funny moments like in those montages too. Like you know, there's the moment with the penguin where you know he's trying to get her to stop for his cute little penguin friend in his Hawaiian shirt and she drops a CD and she's trying to pick it up and like almost runs over the poor penguin. And Adam Sandler just asks him, shit your pants. Me too. <laughs> and what a 2000, what a 2004 problem to have. Oh, I dropped the CD <laughs> that I wanted to listen to in my car. Uh, the one flashing back to the ends, the one moment that like really hit for me, how crazy the situation is. Well, one there he's on his trip. Like they're on a boat in the middle of like the Arctic. The dad is there. I don't remember if the brother's there. No, because I think he's with Alexa now. Yeah, they end up together at the end. Um, and they have a daughter who's probably what three, four. Yeah, she's got to be about three. And when Drew Barrymore, after she watches the video that shows, like, by the way, you were pregnant, you have a kid, she comes up and Adam Sandler says to the girl, "Do you want to go meet your mom?" And that's when it really hit, like, oh, my God, this kid's upbringing is going to be nuts. Like, especially now that she's at an age where she understands that every single morning, mommy's not going to know who you are. And that is a lot for a child to deal with. Yeah. So that's where my mind went as soon as I heard the, do you want to go meet your mom? Is Oh, no, this kid's going to grow up really, really resentful very soon. It's a happy ending in the moment, but Jesus Christ. Yeah, and like in the video, did they actually mention that she was pregnant? I don't think they did. Actually, no, now that you say it, just, I think she just came up and, and surprise! You have yeah. like a full blown, like not a baby, like a child. And like on the one hand, I'm kind of glad that they skipped over like a period of clearly years, because like holy shit, how traumatic would it be to you go to bed at night and you wake up in the morning and you're like eight and a half months pregnant? Yep. Like, that would be terrifying. Yep. That would be Ter- terrifying. As someone, you know, who married to someone who's had two kids, even being fully aware you're pregnant is not it's the greatest thing to wake up exactly. to. Be like, oh, like, Jesus. Yeah. The day she actually went into labor must have been quite the day. No kidding. Like, you don't even have time to process. Or, like, what if that's how she woke up? What In if labor, her water yeah. breaking is what woke her up? And before she could even watch the video, it was just like, we'll get into this later. Right now, we got to get this kid. What the fuck is he? I'm on a boat in the Arctic and my dad's helping me birth a baby. What is Uh, this? Like, that's the other part that we just kind of glossed over, right? Like, 
what are the logistics here? Like, how long have they been in the Arctic? How is their bedroom so freaking huge when there are four people living on this boat? Yeah, that's true. Where's her dad sleeping? I don't know. In the little life jacket <laughs> thing. That doesn't seem fair. He like sleeps he wouldn't on the life raft. And when he feel like he wouldn't have agreed to come on the trip in that situation. There was, oh, I just had another question too about the logistics of the whole, even like the, the days following where she watches the video comes up and is like, because the kid's going to be waking up in the middle of the night too. So did Adam Sandler, I guess they must have bottle fed and Adam Sandler handled most of that. He would have had to. Because you I can't had, like, really wake her up and be like, the baby needs milk. It's like, what the fuck, what are, the you fuck are you talking Who about? Are what you? baby? What baby? What is happening? Yeah. I needed I, to see all of that. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, I, on the one hand, I'm glad that we didn't because that would have, like, I don't know how you do that part of it without it being icky. Yeah, it was the right call to flash forward multiple but years also, in the show. There's I still have together, so many happy. questions. But so many questions. Yeah. Adam Sandler must be getting burnt out by that point. Although, maybe, I don't know. He seems pretty happy. So it's it, one of those happy happy in the moment, and I'm happy that the movie didn't do a, a, a cure-all, but oof, that's a life. That is a hard yeah. life. I'm glad that her dad is there to like support because that would be a lot for one person to deal with. And at least she has like, you know, like a, a, a kind of touchstone, right? Yeah, I think she that's the not actual. Know her husband or her child. I think that's the actual first thing he says to her is, look, grandpa's here. So there's at least a touch of familiarity. And the movie does also pose the question of one day she's just going to wake up, look in the mirror and be 70 years old. And yeah, like that's going to be a lot. issue. So at least the video is usually the first thing that she sees. But also, how does he continue to edit those videos while living on a boat? On a boat. Yeah. Maybe that's why her pregnancy is not on there. I really Maybe. hope she didn't give birth on that boat. Maybe they made an executive decision to not include the pregnancy in the video. But also, she'd figure it out really fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still liked the movie. I yeah I honestly I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected. It was yeah it's not but it's like again yeah, it's a standard ninety minute length comedy so it moves at a good pace. Um, there's enough good gag. I don't know if the gross out stuff was ever the highlight of the comedy stuff, but there's enough chuckles to keep you going. And the center the central relationship is interesting enough and well developed to. You know, there's nothing worse in a romantic comedy than not wanting the couple to get together. Yeah. Which I remember being a problem in the other big Blu-ray debut of 2006, Hitch, which I haven't seen since release. But I remember by the end being kind of bummed out because I just didn't feel like they should be together. <laughs> it's like, this, this, this doesn't seem good. I remember nothing about Hitch. Kevin James is in it. Yeah, I, that, I, know. Yeah. I remember that. But this at least here it's it's easy to root for them like they yeah. work well together yeah they don't have to throw in that third act like one of you needs to suddenly become unreasonable so that there can be a fight it's like no there's logic to where she's coming from and exactly like there there's no cheating there's no big fights there's nothing like it's just a mutual decision based on 
the well-being of the other partner like it yeah it's just sweet like it's just it's a very all things considered it's a very cute movie like and it was funny like I found myself as you know I hate comedy you really do I'm actually surprised you went for this or at least didn't turn it off two minutes in when you realize their intent seems to make me to be to make me laugh how dare they no I thought this was going to be a serious study about a neurological disorder and then a walrus puked yeah, I didn't love that part, but no, it wasn't the best part. But I did okay. I will give credit to that scene that after he puked, Adam Sandler is so psyched that he puked. I don't know. Well, because it was like it was staged, right? Because Alexa stole his sandwich or something. Oh, that's right. But yeah, no, it, it was a fun movie. Like honestly, it was like the comedy works for the most part. Like you know, Rob Schneider's character did not age well. Like the, the jokes about Alexa and whether, you know, she's a man or a woman or those obviously didn't age so well, but like at the same time, most of those jokes could have been much worse than they were. Yeah. And there's not that much of it. Like those two characters maybe each get five minutes of screen time. Yeah. The Rob Schneider character maybe gets a little bit more. And like, again, like, you know, I appreciated that when they're poking fun like they're poking fun mostly at rob schneider and not like you know the actual like hawaiian actors like you know there's a couple jokes about tattoo face and like you know the the chef and but like mostly it's it's fun like there nothing feels like completely out of bounds even watching it now yeah yeah 2004 comedy definitely runs the risk of oh none of this works terrific anymore but i would say you know, obviously Valentine's Day has passed, but if you just want like a breezy, if you've seen it, hadn't seen it in a while and you're kind of like, uh, check it out. Yeah. Go back. Adam Sandler, obviously in the time since has become, you know, Adam Sandler and has his reputation. So if you want to go back and experience why we used to like the Sandman a lot more than maybe, I mean, I don't mind him, but I'm not going to deny his output in the last 15 years has been terrific or consistent or often even good. But this was a nice one. Yeah, I I enjoyed my time with it. Like, I fully intended to watch, like, half an hour, 45 minutes, pause it, go do something else and come back. And like, no, no, I sat down and I watched it because I was invested. So there we go. The best movie of February so far. By not even that close a margin. (laughs) Uh, Something you're currently enjoying. I already spoiled mine, so. I am prepared. I am currently enjoying the trash that is Love is Blind season two. Yeah, you and everybody else. Oh, it's so bad and it's so great. It's it's really fantastic to watch if you want to feel a lot better about your life and like the choices that you make. And just if you want to feel like a well-balanced individual, like just watch Love is Blind. I feel like that's why a lot of reality shows exist is so we can watch them and go, thank God that's not me. Yes. Yeah, I can't even fault you for it because you are one of many, many people I know. Many. I could name 10 right now easily without even thinking about it who are watching that show. So I may not be because I'm a man of refined taste. I spent my night watching the newest Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, which is not that bad. I won't say too much about it because I'm going to write a review for it that will be on Leviathan Libraries in a couple weeks. So, Check it out there. But um, yeah, I kind of already spoiled mine, but mine is Uncut Gems. 
I've had that on Blu-ray for a little bit and I hadn't seen it, but then we watched that movie and I was like, you know what? Keep it going with 2019's dramatic Sandler's or dramatic Sandler's uncut gems. Holy shit. <laughs> that fucking movie. Oh my God. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I watched afterwards as, and it almost was a palate cleanser. I was so much less stressed during that. So this is like, whatever. He's going to throw chainsaws around and it's probably not going to work out great, but it's going to be fine. But Uncut Gems is just two hours and 15 minutes of non-stop anxiety. It's, I don't want to even say too much, but they do such a good job with, like there's a, a scene inside a jewelry store because that's where Adam Sandler's character works. And anyone who needs to get in has to be buzzed in. So there's a scene where there's consistently people like the buzzer keeps breaking and the door won't open. So there's consistently like people trying to buzz to get in while multiple phone lines are ringing and you keep hearing someone saying like, now this person's online too. And there's at least four different characters shouting over each other, the entire scene. So you have four characters like yelling and cursing over each other while consistently having to be like, you know, the buzzer just fucking leave me alone about the buzzer and a phone is ringing. Like I can't, it's just so much happening all at once. And it never, ever stops. There is never a scene where that basically isn't happening. It's it's so good. I, I four and a half started. It is such a good movie. And Adam Sandler absolutely got robbed of his best actor. Not Because like, I remember people saying he needed to be nominated. And now that I've seen it, yes, he sh- absolutely should have been nominated for that movie. By the end, it barely registered I was watching Adam Sandler anymore which is not something you can say for 95% of his work. So yeah, Uncut Gems, if you haven't seen it, strap in because it's not an easy watch, but it is a very good one. Uh, well, that's it. That's 50 First Dates. Thank you to Sam for joining me for this one. You're supposed to, you have to say you're welcome. Oh, you're welcome, I guess. Um, this, one was, this one was good you're welcome <laughs> thank you to test sound for the theme song obviously sam and i are still doing our bruce willis thing over at good willis hunting uh i think reprisal drops this week so like on the friday that's coming up so, get so ready yeah if you want to hear us laugh at a movie and certainly not with it but also kind of with it reprisals coming up uh flipping through franchises is is there is a paranormal activity series coming. It obviously got derailed because I got COVID. So that kind of put a, a, a hamper on uh, a hamper halter hamper. Hamper, hamper on things damper, but it, it is coming. So check out all of those subscribe, review, like throw us some kind words. I had COVID. It'd be nice to see some nice things. There's your guilt trip. And stay tuned next week for Ever After as we close out February. And then I'm actually kind of excited to get to March because it'll be the first month since November where we can do whatever we want. So that's kind of nice, kind of scary in a way, but kind of nice to be able to go back and do whatever we want. And uh, now obviously Sam's going to take us out with a classic 51st Dates quote. Keep running. Okay, good. That works. Bye, everyone. Bye. So for all those things nostalgic, I asked to do and say.